Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while the people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Miser. Deep calls to deep in the roll of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgot, forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemies? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt, taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. Now, if you do have your Bible with you this morning, please do turn back to Psalm 40, uh, 42 uh, as we look at this passage uh, briefly this morning. Now, this morning we are beginning a new series, thinking about being down in the valley. Down in the valley. And I'm sure that if you're a Christian, uh, that you have had in your life, in your Christian life, that experience at one time or another of being close to God. Or to put it another way, you have known times where God has been close. You've known God's closeness. Perhaps it was the time when you, you first came to faith. Now, some of us here this morning, we've kind of grown up in the faith, and maybe we haven't had a kind of Damascus Road experience, but there are some of you here this morning who were not walking with God, and yet suddenly, one day, God has come into your life, and suddenly, you knew the closeness of God, and you knew that Jesus was your Savior. You knew the presence of the Lord in a very close and a special way. And you knew that Jesus was not just a Savior or the Savior, but He was your Savior. This became personal. Faith wasn't just somewhere up here. It became something that was in your heart. And you suddenly knew for the first time that Jesus had died for you taking your sin away and brought forgiveness and hope. Maybe you've known that closeness with God, that assurance that, that God was there. And those times when, when it feels like God is close, 
So much so that it's almost you could, could reach out your hand and, and God is there. Sometimes we experience that, don't we? And when it's like that in our Christian life, when God is close, it can sometimes be difficult for us to understand why others can't see what we can see. How people can go around in this dark and needy world and not know the Lord Jesus because he's so real. He's so close. He's so wonderful. These are the mountaintop experiences of God and how good they are. And in the Bible, we see so many who experience the mountaintop, some quite literally. Think of Moses. Moses, who, of course, God used to lead the Israelites out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery, towards the promised land. And remember with Moses, how, how he, Moses went up Mount Sinai to, to receive the Ten Commandments, to, to receive the law. He was literally on the mountaintop. And what happened when he was there? God revealed his glory. And God couldn't show his face because Moses would have died. But the back of God went in front of Moses, the glory of God. Moses knew the closeness of God on the mountaintop. And what about Elijah, where God passes by on, on Mount Horeb? Or in the New Testament, when Jesus takes Peter, James, and John to the top of a mountain, and it's there that Jesus is changed, his, his face is changed. His clothing becomes bright and dazzling white. And if you want to know more about the transfiguration, that's our evening reflection tonight. But when they're on the mountaintop, these three disciples see something of the glory of Jesus. And so literally, in these examples, there's, there's a sense of, of being on the mountaintop and being close to God. But of course, most of us know the closeness of God in a figurative way that we would describe as being on the mountaintop, don't we? But the fact is that we're not always on top of the mountain, are we, in our spiritual life? Because there are times in our spiritual life when we don't know the closeness of God, and we're not always on the mountaintop. There are times when we might be kind of halfway up the mountain or halfway down it, depending on what way you look at it. Perhaps that's where most of us dwell most of the time. But if we're honest, there are also those times in our life when we're not on the mountaintop, we're not halfway up the mountain, but actually we're down in the valley. We're down in the valley. And these are the times when it seems that God isn't close. Those times when we are far from God. Now, some of those times when God doesn't seem close, we, we might be able to rationalize or we might be able to, to explain. Those times, for example, when we, we've fallen into sin and we know we've fallen into sin. We know that we are doing something that we really shouldn't be doing, that we have backslidden away from God. And we know we're in the valley. There's an explanation for it. 
But there are other times in our lives when we might search our hearts and we believe we've confessed our sin, but inexplicably, it just seems as though heaven is silent. It just seems that that God isn't there. And sometimes that can happen to us when we seem to most need God. God, where are you? I'm suffering here. I'm struggling with illness. I'm struggling with my family. And last month, I was praying to you, and you were speaking to me through your word. And when I prayed, I knew you were there. I knew you were a God who answers. But now, when I pray, it's as though my prayers are just hitting off the ceiling. It's as though you're not there. Where are you? Those times when God doesn't seem to be there. When you're down in the valley. And this is what we're going to be thinking about over these next few weeks. Some some different perspectives on this from Scripture. About being down in the valley. But as an introduction today, I thought we would look at Psalm 42. Because this is kind of the classic Psalm of being down in the valley. Now, please note here, when we're talking about being down in the valley, you might think, oh, down in the valley. That's really depressing. You know, who wants to be down? I want to be on that mountaintop. Well, the whole point is, you've got to start in the valley to get to the mountaintop. Isn't that right? And actually, what I'm trying to do throughout this series is to encourage you from Scripture. If you're down in the valley at this present moment, then it's not going to last forever and ever. There will be a time when you'll be halfway up that mountain again. That time when you'll be on the mountaintop praising God once more. Now today we're going to look at Psalm 42. And it's a psalm written by the sons of Korah, which were perhaps one of the family of singers uh, who accompanied King David in exile. And there is someone in the sons of Korah who is who's mourning in this psalm, his absence from the sanctuary of God, mourning the fact that they are far away from God. Now, originally it would have been that Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 uh, were joined uh, together because the same refrain uh, appears in both of them. But for whatever reason, uh, they've been split into these two psalms. But it's Psalm 42 that we're going to concentrate on today. Now, the psalm begins with a simile. It begins with the image of a deer panting for streams of water. And that's contrasted with the soul of the psalmist panting for God. Now, of course, during hot weather, like we have had fairly recently, we have maybe experienced being thirsty. We're very blessed in this country. We have generally plenty of water. It usually rains a lot here in Scotland. So we don't have to worry too much about water. But during this summer, it's been surprisingly dry and it's been hot. And maybe there's been a moment where you've been out walking or you've been out in the garden. You suddenly think, goodness, I'm really hot and I'm thirsty. And that kind of dryness in your mouth comes out. You're oh, I really, really need to get in and get a drink of water. You're longing for a glass of cool, refreshing water. And maybe we've also experienced what the psalmist is clearly going through. Because in the same way that we can experience 
physical thirst. The psalmist is experiencing spiritual thirst, really longing in their soul for God, really longing that that this this inner thirst, this, this soul thirst, would be quenched by God. And yet God seems not to be there. And as you move through this psalm, you see how difficult things are for the psalmist. He's emotional. Tears are being shed day and night. And people are saying to him as he, as he longs for God, where is your God? Where is your God? They're mocking him. And sometimes we can feel like that in our Christian life, can't we? We long for God. We perhaps turn to his word and yet it seems dry as a bone. We're trying to pray and yet we might as well just give up. Because it seems like God's not there. And there's a sense in verse 9 in this psalm that the psalmist thinks that God has forgotten him. Because he's mourning. And he's not just emotional, but he's also in, in physical pain, isn't he? You see, there is this deep longing to know the presence of God, this deep longing to be in the presence of God, and yet the psalmist is far from God, and it's as though God isn't there. And so what we need to see is the psalmist is truly in the valley, sometimes the place where we find ourselves. And maybe at different points in your life, you felt like that psalmist, down in the valley, One day things were fine. Suddenly it's as though your prayers are hitting off the ceiling and in the midst of our trouble, we may be tempted to give in to what the world says and give up on God. What therefore are we to do? If we're having this dark night of the soul when it seems like God isn't there, what are we to do? What's going to give us encouragement? What's going to bring us back up the mountain? Well, in Psalm 42, and indeed at the end of Psalm 43, there's a repeated refrain which might help us. I wonder if you noticed it as Nickel read the passage for us today. It's found in verses 5 and 11. And here the, the psalmist is, is almost speaking to himself and almost speaking to his own soul. And he says this. He says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And that's sometimes our experience, isn't it? Those times when we are downcast within our soul and and we don't quite know why and, and we cry out, not knowing why we're going through what we're going through, not quite understanding what's going on. But there's another part to this refrain in verses 5 and 11. Because after the psalmist says this, said this, what does he say? He says, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You see, during that time when the psalmist is struggling, and it seems that God isn't even there, when the psalmist is longing and thirsting for God, and people are laughing at him, saying, give up on God, what does the psalmist do? He reminds himself to put his hope in God. And reminds himself that there are better days ahead. Now you might think to yourself, well, is that not just wishful thinking? 
Is that not just, you know, I'm hoping that that's, everything's going to be okay? But I hope you notice in this psalm that the psalmist knows that there have been times in the past, times when he, he went to the house of God, times when he went to the house of God with joy, with shouts of, of praise, as it says in verse 4, and he knows that those times will return again. How can he be so certain? Well, one commentator says that the way to forget our miseries is to remember the God of our mercies. You see, God is still there. He's still God. He's still the same. He's still worth worshipping. And sometimes during the difficult times, the, the, the times when we're at the bottom of the valley, it's simply reminding ourselves of, of our experience of God in the past. Those times when, when we can remember in our soul, you know, I might be struggling now, but I remember those times when I was on the mountaintop. I remember that time when I first came to faith in the Lord. I remember that time when I knew the closeness of God. I remember that time when I was worshipped, when I worshipped the Lord, and I was full of praise, and I was full of joy. And I remember that time. And I might not be there now, but I long for those days to come back again. And I know they will because God is the same God. He's still worthy of my praise. You see, God is the same God. He's still there. And he will lead us into the future. You see, what else does it say in the Psalms in Psalm 30? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Do we believe that today? If you're really struggling, if you're far from God, you may be having weeping just now, but joy comes in the morning. And that is the whole Christian hope, isn't it? You know, we suffer here on earth. Jesus himself suffered here on earth and was put to death on the cross at Calvary's hill. And yet, what does it say in the letters? For the joy set before him, Jesus went through that. Is that not the same for us? Yes, we'll have trouble. Yes, we'll have difficulties. But it will only be for a short period. There will be a time when we will be with God forever and ever, when we will know everlasting joy. There will be those times again. And of course, the Christian perspective is that that we find in the hymn Amazing Grace, isn't it? Where we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. There'll be no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. And what is three score years and ten compared with 10,000 years compared with eternity? There will be a time of joy. But even here on earth, if you're in the valley, we need to remember that God is the same God, faithful, ever true, loving, and that joy will come back again. If you're in the valley spiritually this morning, I want to encourage you, remember the Lord. That's it. That's all I want you to remember today. Remember the Lord. Remember what he's done. Remember those times when you've been on the mountaintop. Remember that he is faithful. 
And even though you might not feel that he is there, he's always there. Because for the Christian, what does it say in God's Word? He will never leave you and never forsake you. Let's hold on to that promise today. There's a lovely story that I think I've told you before, but when I was up in Aberdeen, there was a lecturer who was um, specialized in, in spirituality and mental health. And he, he was called into a nursing home because there was a lady in there who was suffering from dementia. And the woman had recently come into the, the nursing home, and her, her dementia wasn't, wasn't too bad at that moment, but she obviously needed care. But she was causing a disturbance in the nursing home because she was walking day and night up and down the corridors, and she was just saying one word, God, 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 God. Just kept repeating it day and night, day and night. The nursing staff were at their wits end. They had no idea what to do. And so they asked this, this lecturer to come in. And he went into that nursing home and he just watched her just for, for an hour or so. And he was praying and trying to work out what to do. Now he'd been told some background on this woman and he knew that she was a committed Christian. And as he, he watched the woman and as he prayed for her, he suddenly came to her and he went up to the woman and he stopped her as she was walking along. He walked along with her for a wee bit, took her hand. And said, you're saying God because you're worried that God has forgotten you, aren't you? And she turned to him and said, yes, that's what I'm worried about. And the lecturer simply said to her, you might forget God, but God has not forgotten you. And for each one of us here this morning, Perhaps you're down in the valley floor and it feels as though God is not there. But I want to say to you this morning, God has not forgotten you. He's still there. He's still the everlasting and faithful God. And if you're on the mountaintop this morning, or if you're halfway up and you think this morning, well, nice sermon, but it doesn't really apply to me. I want to say to you this morning that the common experience of the Christian is that there will be times when you feel far from God, times when spiritually you are struggling, times when you will be like the psalmist, crying out to God, and He doesn't seem to be there. And those moments can happen at any point in our life. I want to remind you this morning, when that happens, turn to Psalm 42. And put your hope in God. For you will yet praise him. He is your saviour. He is your God. He's still there. He still cares. He is your saviour. He is your God.